Here we go. Let's try this again. You're listening to the Michael Popinjack Show. All right, here we go. We had some issues here getting this stuff going. Trying to do too many things at once. Trying to be like on Facebook Live and get my music going. And, you know, you're just basically trying to do everything at once. Ladies and gents, we're getting things started here. Well, what the hell's going on now? I'm not even plugged in yet. What what happened to my music, and why is that playing? What is going on with this? We got power. What the hell's going on with this? Can you hear me? All right. This is what we're going with. Hold on a second. This is... audacity going. This is BS here. Get the headphones on. This is BS. Look at that. Ba-da-da. What is going on here? I have no idea. That I have never been so unable to function something in my life. So I tried to start Facebook Live, do my music, get everything going here, and I don't know what is going on. I'm going to delete that from Facebook. I'm going to delete this from Facebook. And then here I go. I'm going to go live again. And I'm going to type in TMPS76, because that's the show. And I'm going to start live. Here we, here we go. Now, now we are officially starting live for TMPS76. I don't know what the heck just happened, but there it is. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. You witnessed me being technically uh, not very savvy. I'm not really sure how... I get these shows out every week because I am not the most technology-friendly guy. I just saw here on my desk my uh, progressive insurance that I sh- that should be in my car, but but isn't. Naturally, it's not. So what's happening out there, ladies and gentlemen? Um, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I just uh, had a very long day at work. Uh, was Work right now is... Uh, you have to work hard to keep yourself busy because it is not a time for walk-in traffic. But actually, I don't think it's too bad because we're down to salespeople. So actually, it's kind of a, 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 it's kind of a good time of year to not have a full complement of salespeople because it keeps all of us busier than we would be otherwise, if that makes sense. So I'm trying to keep myself busy with uh, internet leads, phone ups, uh, of course, phone ups being uh, customers who call on the phone, and of course, you know, floor ups, which are new customers. And the goal is to keep yourself busy. Try to make as many appointments as possible. When you talk to people, try to get them to come in. Not only do appointments sell cars, but it kind of. Uh, it kind of gives you something to do during the day. Like I knew that today, if I had nothing going on in, you know, for the vast majority of the day, I knew around five o'clock 
I was going to have a guest, which I did. And I also had a little action earlier in the day trying to get uh, people going, get people into cars. Um, something interesting happened today is uh, uh, Jason called me over. Jason is now basically in charge of uh, all of the digital media, I guess, or digital content for um, the whole group, uh, the whole automotive group. Basically, he does a lot with the websites and in that kind of stuff. So he, you know, he has access to um, updating the websites, changing the websites, adding content, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he called me over and said, "Yo, Mike, um, what's with your uh, your Lexus Facebook page?" And I was like, well, what do you mean? What's up with my Lexus Facebook page? And when I first started, it was actually kind of his idea. And I, well, I don't know if it was a mutual thing. It was it was during a conversation. It was like, hey, you know, you should have a Facebook page for your your car sales to try to build a social media following and maybe, you know, uh, reach certain people. And you can pay for Facebook to advertise your posts and your page, et cetera. I thought, great, so I called it um, uh, Happy Pappy Lexus because you know what they say, if you want to be happy, buy a car from Pappy. So uh, that's uh, basically what I did. And today he calls me over and says, Mike, uh, your Facebook page has been flagged. And I'm like, well, what do you mean it's been flagged? And he said, you you can't you have to you have to take it down. You, Lexus won't allow you to use it. Well, it's interesting because it's taken them since June to even notice it. But apparently, each dealership is only allowed like one designated place for social media. So I actually have to uh, take it down. So I thought to myself, well. They specifically flagged two areas on the page where I reference Lexus. One is Happy Pappy Lexus, and the fact that it says Michael Papinchak, comma Lexus, because I also have a Michael Papinchak tenor page, and I have the Michael Papinchak Show Facebook page. So this is the Michael Pinchak Lexus page. And it's, you know, at Happy Pappy Lexus. If you want to be happy, buy a car from Pappy. So they flagged anywhere where I had mentioned Lexus. It also included the fact that I had a link to our website, naturally. Since I work at a certain dealership, I would add their website. So I thought, well, do I really have to take down the whole page? I mean, they're only flagging the parts that refer to Lexus. So I decided to change it to Happy Pappy Auto. And just Michael Papinchak, sales consultant, which is technically my title. I am a sales and leasing consultant. And that's what I like to tell people when they come in, like these people that I had today, this is uh, many appointments they've had now. And basically, I'm not trying to sell them a car. I'm consulting them 
on what their best course of action is. And that's really my job. And I think that's the job of anyone who works at a luxury dealership is you're not really just trying to sell a car like the Badger says. I hope everyone went and watched the Badger if you listened last week. Let's make ourselves a deal. You got to watch the Badger videos. It's just not a, you know, I'm not really trying to just sell you a car for selling sake. I'm really, you come in, you're spending a lot of money, and I listen. I just had a customer comment to me that he liked the fact that I listened. I think listening is very important. You know, in my past careers as a jazz musician and an opera singer, listening is extremely important. In jazz, the only way to learn really how to be a jazz musician is to listen. As a jazz drummer, I listen immediately to the bassist. The bassist informs how I play as a drummer. And then together with the piano, we form the rhythm section, which is the heartbeat of the entire group. In opera singing, I must listen to the orchestra, listen to my fellow singers, listen to myself in a way. So my job, my whole life as a musician has been listening. So I sit with a client and I listen to them. Some car salesmen don't. They don't give a shit. All they want to do is sell a car. They don't care. They don't care what the customer says. They want to sell a car now. They want to sell it tonight. Customers, I really want a black car. Well, we only have white, and white's so much better. Look, look how nice the white is. Well, they really want a black one, so let's work on getting them a black one. I've been working with this guy for a while now about getting him exactly what he wants. And it has come down to we're now going to have to order a vehicle. Believe me, I wish I would have sold this guy a car two weeks ago, one that we had on the lot, get it done and over with. Thank you very much. Enjoy your new vehicle. But that's not what he wants. And I'm not a, I'm not a car salesman. I'm a sales and leasing consultant. That's why, you know, it's like I'm, I put my project sales consultant if you come to me, Michael, I really need a car. All right, what are you looking for? Nav? All right, navigation. You looking for safety features? What do you want? You want things like blind spot monitor? Or do you want things like pre-collision system? What do you want? Like I had this customer, she literally came in and she literally said, what's the safest car you have? What's the best one in the snow? What car has the most safety features? Okay, well, that's pretty simple. The RX350. Okay, well... I want a 2015. I go, okay, well, that's nice, and I'm happy to sell you a 2015, but you just said you want the most safety features. She goes, yes, that's the most thing that's mostly important to me is the safety features. I'm like, we're not going to get them in a 2015. You're going to have to go with the 2016 that has the Lexus Safety System Plus, which I do have, or you're going to have to go with a certified pre-owned 2017, which will have the Lexus Safety System Plus standard because she originally wanted a pre-owned car. By the end of the day, I had consulted her in a way where she decided that getting a new car was the way to go because a new car is going to guarantee her all the safety features that she is looking for. And she's going to need a certain level, this and the other. So she comes in thinking one thing. She wants a pre-owned hybrid 
Now, the hybrid doesn't really matter because it's just as safe as a regular car, but that's neither here nor there. This is what this is what she told me. I, I want a pre-owned hybrid that's like a 2014 or 15. By the end of what I considered the consultation, her idea was, you know what? I need to get a brand new 2017 with navigation in this color and et cetera, et cetera. Because I worked her through it because, you know, it's interesting... Um, you know, they teach you that even if someone sends in a lead on a very specific car, you still need to do a needs analysis. You still need to consult with the client. Okay, well, you sent in a lead on this 2013 ES350, and that's a fine vehicle, and I'd be happy to sell that to you. But let's talk about what you're really looking for. What are you looking for in a car? Forget the 2013 ES350. Just generally, what are you looking for? And then as a, as a consultant, you have to think, well, is that 2013 really meeting the requirements of what you're looking for? And I have to say that some people send in leads on cars just randomly. Like I've had people go, well, I'm not interested in that car. Like, well, why'd you send the lead in on that car? Who knows? Who knows? You don't even ask. You just move on. But you always have to, because uh, I was mystery shopped. Mystery shopped means someone was paid to come in ask about a certain vehicle, and basically rate my performance. And one of the things that she docked me on was the fact that I only focused on the car that she sent the lead in on. Because my idea was, well, and of course, I'm, I'm new. If you think about it relative to a lot of people, I'm still very new, under a year. I'm, I don't, how long have I been there? Since June? I don't even know how long that is. But if you think about it, if a person, for, in my mind, in my mind, if a person has sent a lead in on a car, that to me makes me think, well, they've obviously, and I mean a specific car with a stock number and a VIN, you can send in a lead on an RX350 and all it says is RX350. But when there's a specific car with a VIN and a stock number and all the colors and everything and the features, like this is the car, it's in your inventory, it makes me think, Wow, they went on the website, they looked at the inventory, they decided these were the colors, these were the features. They, I don't, you know why? Do you know want to know something? This is my, I'm just realizing this, this is my ignorance here of I don't even know how leads are submitted. So maybe that's what I need to look at. Like how does a person even submit a lead? Are they looking at that car on our website and then clicking inquire about this vehicle or submit a lead or I'm not even sure what the process is like so maybe that's a little bit of my non-understanding but still if someone says I'm looking at n17123 you know that specific car that's how our stock numbers read n is just the num is just the letter n and then 17 means it's 2017 and then 123 means it's the 123rd vehicle that we got in, into stock. Okay, that's how stock numbers read at our, at our dealership. Okay, I'm looking at N17123. So to me, when I call them and say, hey, this is Mike from Lexus of North Hills, I see you're interested in the 2017 RX350. Well, you want to come in and see it? What attracted you to this car? What kind of things are you looking for? Well, you know what? Why don't I just, why don't you come in this afternoon and we can take a look? They say, yeah, I'll be there at 415. So you're gearing up for your 415 appointment. You always want to east-west them, 14 or 45. You never want to go uh, top to bottom, north-south. The, the people, there's a, a smaller chance of them 
Um, keeping the appointment, if you're at 4 o'clock or 4.30, it's better to be at 4.15 or 4.45. It's a way more specific. So basically, uh, you go and I get that car. I, I wash that car, N17, 1, 2, 3, and I go and I get it ready. And because to me, it's like they put in the time. And of course, if you talk to them, you should probably confirm that that's the car. But sometimes it's a starting point. You know what I mean? Um, it's funny because this lady came in on one kind of vehicle and then just ended up thinking about a completely different kind of car. And, uh, well, I mean, same model, just different year, new instead of pre-owned. But again, that's where the consulting comes in. And I kind of like it. I kind of like that I'm more of a consultant than a salesman. Because I got to be honest with you, I don't think I'm a very good salesman. You know, like tonight there was... There was something where I could have lied to or bent the truth because I didn't know the truth. So I guess lied is actually probably better. I could have lied to maybe force someone to make a decision maybe before they needed to. A salesman would have done that, but... I'm not a very good liar, to be completely honest. I suck at lying. I have no poker face whatsoever. If I have two aces, you will hear me giggle. If I don't have anything, you'll hear a sigh of fuck. And then you'll watch me fold. I'm not a good liar. I'm a good actor, but I'm not a good liar. Acting is different. I believe that acting is actually just presenting someone else's truth. Does that make sense? You're not really lying when you're acting. You're understanding someone else's truth and presenting it. So maybe I need to start acting as a salesman. Present, but I don't like it though. I couldn't lie to them. I couldn't. Listen, I said, I just don't know. I said, I don't know. I will find out for you. You keep thinking about it. I'm no pressure. People like that. I'm no pressure. You want to buy the car? Great. If you don't, not a problem. Hey, I'll just, hey, not, I mean, whatever. I think people like that, you know, but maybe, you know, it's called the hammer. I haven't quite learned the hammer, how to, how to close a client. You know what I mean? How to really, you know, take them and just close them. Just be like, listen, boom, you've been here for two hours. We test drove this, that, and the other. Rock and roll. That's the car. Uh, I'm more like, so what'd you guys think? We want to think about it. Okay, not a problem. Here's my number. Now, here's something that you should do, though. You got to say, well, how about this? I'm going to go and hang out. I'm going to go make some phone calls. I got to go ask my manager something. You guys think about it, and I'll be right back. That's a real good move. That, I like that move a lot. That's a good move. I, I've, I've gotten some business out of that move because people don't really need to go home and think about it. They just need a moment between, let's say it's a couple, husband and wife, where I'm not present, where they can talk kind of more candidly with each other. Can we afford this? What are we going to do? What's the down payment? What's the plan? Financial. It always comes down to money. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It always comes down to money. Everything in this world comes down to money. If anyone tells you differently, they're lying to you. It all comes down to money. 
But anyway, let them have their private conversation. And then you come back. You know, I did lose a client to that private conversation, though. I did. Now, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, I don't think... I don't think she would have gone with Alexis anyway. I think she would have made that decision regardless. But I kind of think it was a good idea to say to them, it was a father and a daughter. I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to step away. You guys, it's between this car and another car to different dealership. They had told me they were going to make a decision that day that she was getting a new car that day. That was the day. So I said, you're obviously going to be making this decision quickly. Um, we've test driven. We've done this. We've done that. I'm going to step away. You guys have a moment. Listen, uh, excuse me. I just went to Bamboo. I left work such a long day. I was there for 12 plus hours. I was exhausted. I totally forgot what day of the week it was. Seriously, that's not even a joke. I'm driving along. I'm starving. I was like, I have, I need to go to Bamboo and just like have a couple drinks and just like relax. And I'm sitting there at Bamboo and I had five garlic wings. I had a A1 burger, which is a burger with bacon and um, it's supposed to be cheese, but you know, I can't eat cheese. So bacon and um, I guess A1 mayo on it and uh, uh, uh just had a couple, uh, so uh, not Soco, uh, double captains and Coke, and man, just kind of chilled. And I'm some little tipsy right now, feeling good, full, you know, uh, just kind of doing my thing. So I opened my iPhone here, which you know is no longer a working phone. Phone, it has now been um, basically downgraded to an uh, an iPad, an i an iTouch. Or do you guys remember? Do they still make an, a, a touch? The uh, the whole touch thing? No one's watching me on Facebook Live, which sucks. Like, this is the thing. I actually was sitting at Bamboo, and I was eating my wings, and I thought to myself, holy crap, I got to do a podcast tonight. I was like, oh, oh whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we, we, we got to hurry this up. It's not that I forgot, per se. It's just one of those things where you're just you're just tired. And I really would like actually a vacation, but I'm not really sure if they're going to let me. Well, here's the thing. I could take a vacation. I just don't get paid. I mean, I think that's just basically the the long and the short of it. If I said to them, can I take a week off? And they agreed. It's not like a week of getting paid. It's you don't make any money. Uh, you know, there's you're not selling. You're not, you know, at the store, you know, actively doing stuff. So. Um, you know, it's, but that would be my decision. Now, see, I have what I have Fridays off. So what I could do is maybe take like a Thursday off and have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, take a, take a, take a Thursday, Saturday off and just have like a nice long weekend. But I don't know why I would want to do that when that's like the busiest time. I'd rather take off a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and work Friday, Saturday, and then get back to my regular schedule. So we will see. Uh, there's a lot going on in the personal life. People who know me personally know um, about what's going on in my personal life. Lots, lots happening. Uh, 
Um, I want to I want to go over something because my mom has been talking about it nonstop. My mom has been all about President Trump's physical exam. Basically, his overall health is excellent. Let me see here. Dr. Ronnie Jackson, the White House physician, 239 pounds. He's overweight, but otherwise otherwise healthy. Apparently, he eats McDonald's every day. So I'm, I'm basically on, on the Trump diet. I'm overweight. Over, you know, overall healthy, though, my blood pressure is not normal. It is high. Um, he also passed cognitive tests that look for signs of, of dementia. And, um, and apparently, there's 30 parts to it, and he got 30 out of 30 correct, or he passed 30 out of 30. So I heard that she told me that he actually asked for this cognitive exam just to shut everyone up because you know this is the same doctor that that Barry Obama had so it's not like you know he brings in his own doctor that he's like he's like paying for you know what I mean so I just think I think it's really easy but the one big thing that my a couple things that my mom took out of it that I also think are kind of interesting. And this is something that I've known about Trump for a long time because I'm a big Trump fan beyond his politics and such. Well, way before his politics. And I've read most of his books and everything. And basically, you know, he talks a lot about how he only needs four hours of sleep. And that is kind of one thing that I wish I could adopt from the whole Trump way of being is I really wish... I can survive on four hours of sleep. I need about double that. I need about eight hours to function, 12 hours to feel really great. But the thing about this only needing four hours of sleep is, you know, imagine how much more he could get done if he goes to sleep at midnight and gets up at four every day. He can work way beyond the close of the business day. And by getting up at four in the morning, he can put in four hours of work before people even clock in for their nine to five. So what do you, how, you know, it's basically like you can contribute his success to the fact that, you know, he can score 30 out of 30 on a cognitive exam show no signs of kind of mental incapacity like the left likes to think. You only need four hours of sleep, so you can work, you want to say, twice as much as a regular person? I don't know if it's twice as much, but you could work a lot more than a regular person, let's say a normal person who needs a normal amount of sleep, whatever that is. And then I think another great thing that he can do, which is I think very unique to him, and I'm not sure... I'm not sure what this really means or if I've ever done it or can do it. Probably not. But this doctor said that he has the ability to basically press the reset button every single day. That when he wakes up, the issues of yesterday do not hang on him for today. And I think that's a really healthy way of living I don't know if he was born that way or trained himself to be that way. I mean, it was something that his father taught him. 
you know, his father, a huge influence in his life, as most of us know. But, like, can you imagine just waking up every day as if it's literally just a whole new existence or, like, you just... Whatever happened to you yesterday, it just doesn't even... It just doesn't even matter. And maybe that kind of can explain some of his behavior, which can seem a little bizarre at times, because, you know, <laughs> I guess I guess one of the criticisms of Trump is that maybe he doesn't learn from his mistakes. Maybe that one crazy, bizarre tweet that he sends on a Monday... Because it doesn't bother him on a Tuesday, he sends another crazy, bizarre tweet. But maybe that's just part of his charm and personality, you know? So maybe that's kind of a negative uh, aspect of this personality trait that he has, uh, being able to press this reset button. But can you imagine how how much happier you would be? Because I feel like a lot of people let such small stupid things interfere with their lives. I'm of, of course, it happens to me all the time. All the time. I let the smallest, dumbest little things kind of like, you know, gnaw at me. And I, I mean, a lot of people do this. But can you imagine just being able to wake up every day and just start anew? Literally just start anew. What's that movie? What's that movie? There's this movie with uh, Adam Sandler and what's her name? She was a kid star, then she was on crack, and then um, Drew Barrymore. 50 First Dates or something. A little bit of a different premise. It's a little bit of an extreme compare. I don't think Trump wakes up every morning and forgets that he's the president. I wonder what it's like for him, knowing him. He's like, this is the greatest, okay, I wake, I wake, I go to sleep as the president. I wake up as the president. It's the greatest thing of all time, okay? I wonder what that's like for him. I, you know, I, I have to think that he never, he never thought he'd actually get there. Really, when it comes down to it, do you really think he ever thought he would have, he actually would have gotten there? Like when he started campaigning, I feel like when he jumped into the race, it's like, okay, let's get the Trump name out there. I mean, he's been political for a long time. He's been a Republican. He's been a Democrat. He's been an independent. He's run for president before, but not seriously. Well, he never, of course, made it as far as he did this time. He actually made it all the way to the White House. But like, you know, it. I, that's, I, I, I talked about this. That's why I voted for him in the primary because I thought really at the end of the day, uh, a more traditional politician, Republican, uh, would eventually win. So I thought, hey, this is my one chance to vote for Donald Trump. I love Donald Trump. I don't, I don't think my one vote for him is going to you know, tip the Republican Party. Uh, but apparently it was my one vote and millions of votes of others who also wanted to vote for him uh, that led him as far as it did. And I just, I just wonder... I wonder the moment, I wonder like if you go back to all of the campaigning and such, if there was kind of one moment where Trump thought to himself, wait a minute, I'm no longer doing this just to promote my brand. I'm no longer doing this just to get my name out there. And when I get a new TV show uh, or my current TV show, 
Uh, it'll just make it as you know, double as popular, twice as popular as before. I wonder at one point he went from that to, wait a minute, I could actually be the president of the United States. Now, I, I, I kind of think he probably knew in his mind he could be the president, but now I actually want to be. Because, you know, at any moment he could have just said, listen, you know, obviously I just want you guys to buy my shirts and my ties and, and watch my TV shows and visit Trump Tower and et cetera, and put me on covers of magazines and stuff and just be you know, rich and famous and all of that. And, but I'm sure there was, there was some point <laughs> where he was like, fuck, I could, I could actually, could actually do it. And you really can't pass that up. How many of us get to be president of the United States? Think about that. How many people are on this planet? Seven billion, they say. How many actually get to be president of the United States? Who, who's still alive? George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and of course the current president, Donald Trump. Oh, Jimmy Carter. Can't forget about good old Jimmy. Jimmy Carter. I'm Jimmy Carter. Six people on this planet. There are seven billion, and there are only six people who you can approach and say, hello, Mr. President, and be talking to a current or past president of the United States. That's unreal. So if you think about it, even though he might have started all of this as just a elaborate marketing campaign for his brand, his name, at some point you think to yourself, well, I need to actually do this. This is this is happening to me. This is happening to and I actually think he really wants to help people. I really do. Because he isn't like I said on my last show, he isn't a politician. So he doesn't have to do this. He already has the the presidential lifestyle. Even it might be even presidential plus. You know. So he doesn't actually have to do it. So if he says I want to help people, he's not just saying it to get votes, uh, so he can continue to have a job. He's not lying. Because what are politicians? At the end of the day, they're salesmen. Politicians are salesmen. They're selling themselves, so you vote for them. But Trump Trump isn't he wasn't really doing that, in my opinion. He's more like, no, like I'm actually gonna help people because that's what needs to happen, because no one's been doing that ever. Politicians don't help people. Politicians help voters. You, you know what I mean by that? Politicians help those who vote for them. They don't help people. There's a difference. You know what I mean? I mean, I think I think Obama was probably one of the worst culprits of only helping those who helped him. You know what I mean? I really feel he was blatantly in that direction. All right, let's um let's talk a little bit about sports. Um as everyone knows, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers um, shit the bed, as they say. I did not watch the game. I have to be honest. I'm trying to think of what I did that day. I probably like woke up, 
uh, ran a couple errands, slept during the game, woke up, did a couple things around the house, and then went back to bed. That's typically my Sunday. I don't know where anything is on this iPhone anymore because I don't I don't use it anymore. I have to say, though, I don't really mind that the Steelers lost because I don't think they would have ever in a million years beat the Patriots. So in a way, because, you know, I, I look at the I look at the big picture, people. I look at the big picture. If I thought that the Steelers could get to the Super Bowl, meaning the Patriots either didn't make the playoffs, which never happens, or they had lost in the in their first round, but to the Titans, then I would be pissed because having the Patriots out of um, the story means that the Steelers have a much better chance of going all the way. So knowing that the Patriots are still in it, I'm thinking this doesn't matter. We we can't win because here's the deal. Now we have Patriots Jag Jaguars. Okay. The Jaguars, I think, have a much better chance of beating the Patriots than the Steelers would. The Steelers coaching staff, in my opinion, is weak. Uh, I'm actually on, I'm just looking here. So it's Vikings, Eagles, Jaguars, Patriots. The Vikings are super hungry, but the Eagles, to me, are kind of like this. Uh, they're kind of like the special you know what I mean? Kind of like the special team this year. Like, wow, look, the Eagles are good. They're they're never good. You know, kind of like uh, Nashville last year in the Stanley Cup. You know, I really, I, I wanted to win. Of course, I wanted the Penguins to win. That's not even like in question. But the Nashville Predators were such this like team of the year. Like, like wow, like Cinderella story kind of whatever that I thought could is that enough to carry the team all the way to hoisting the cup and in the end no it's not it's not it is not so i'm trying to look here hold on a second i i want to i want to get my facts straight you know when you want to get your facts straight i should have done a little research before this but like i said earlier in the show i had i had just like this this just like uh, just this lapse of it's Thursday and I got to do a show and I went to Bamboo and had food, which of course I'm happy to go to Bamboo and have food because, you know, Bamboo was like where it's at. But I just wanted to double check to see. Yeah, so Steelers promote QB coach Fitchner to offensive coordinator, which means all of Pittsburgh's dreams came true that Todd Haley is out Thank God. Seriously. That guy was junk. That guy was absolute junk since Jump Street, since he started. I never liked him. He's not a good play caller. And I think he's the reason why we lost. But also, I don't think Tomlin is that good of a coach. And it's the whole Rooney rule crap. You know, you know the Rooney rule. This is my understanding of the Rooney rule, and I'm just going to look it up just, just to double-check here. Uh, you know, that's what I do, because this show's edited. I could edit out all this crap. You know what I mean? Facebook Live, you have to deal with it, Facebook Live. you got to deal with all this. But my understanding of the Rooney rule is that you have to interview minority candidates for head coaching and senior football operations jobs. 
So basically, the Rooney rule is that if you're hiring a new head coach, you gotta you gotta interview a black guy. You have to, because I guess there just weren't enough African American head head coaches in the NFL. So what does this lead to? This leads to a team knowing they want to hire so and so, John Madden, let's say. Hey, it's just the place. They want to hire John Madden. They know they want to hire John Madden. Let's say John Madden is their offensive coordinator. The the head coach left, and they want to just promote John Madden. Ah, not so fast. You got to bring in a Mike Tomlin. You got to bring him in before you can officially hire John Madden. So what is Tomlin doing? He knows he's not going to get the job. You have to go through the motions. So it forces you to interview someone who knows they're not going to get the job because of some arbitrary rule. Now, is Tomlin a terrible coach? No, I think they could do a lot worse. But I don't think he is the caliber that the Pittsburgh Steelers deserve. That's just my feelings on that. A team should be able to hire who the, who, the, who they want to hire. I, I I think that's true for everything. I think Tomlin has to go eventually. I think I think a couple more years of this kind of performance, and I just think you know. Well, here's the deal: eventually Ben is going to leave, and that's going to be sooner than later. And I think with once Ben goes, see, it'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting to see what happens with the team once Ben goes. I think they're going to go probably into a real kind of deep losing depression. I just don't know what magical quarterback they're going to get that could even remotely perform like Big Ben has. I mean, I just don't know. Think about it this way. There's only 32 football teams, but how many really good f- quarterbacks are there? N- maybe not even 10. Re- I mean, could you could you say there's 10 elite quarterbacks? I don't know. Well, Tom Brady... Okay, Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, would you put Eli Manning in there? I guess he has a couple rings, right? Aaron Rodgers. Everyone fucking loves Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He's in all the commercials. I don't get it. I don't get it. But whatever. He hey, he's no Brett Favre. Uh, yeah, you if you if you have a team of Brett Favres, I can't do I can't do impersonations anymore. I used to be really good at them. I can't do Madden. It's just the place. If if you like Brett Favre, I have to practice. So who did I say? Tom, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. That's five. Who else? Trying. I can't even think. Not Joe Flacco. I mean, I know he has a ring, but screw Joe Flacco. The Browns are the worst team. You know they didn't they didn't win one game. That is pathetic. You got to win at least one game. At least one game. Come on. How do you not win a game? That 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 blows my mind. That really blows my mind. <sighs> Man, I'm tired. I got to say I'm really tired. I think it's bedtime, people. I think it is. I think TMPS 76 is just a quick a quick flash in the pan kind of show. There's not much going on just working it's cold. It's so cold. Why is it so cold? Can you tell me? 
It's incredible because I feel like we really haven't had winter recently in recent years. When was the last time we really had a winter? You know, like this. I mean, this is a winter. Like, winter isn't coming. Winter's here. You know what I mean? Oh, Game of Thrones. Listen, I loved Game of Thrones till like season five, and then I just stopped watching it. I don't get HBO anymore. I don't have HBO Go. I just, I've compl- I have no idea what's going on. I'm basically just going to watch like the last episode and see what happens to all these people and say, thank you, Game of Thrones, for your time. Peace out. I'm back to watching Everest every day, but I'm really trying to get into powerlifting. I really want to get into powerlifting. I got these knee brace things. I need to get one of those powerlifting belts. And I was out with my mom the other day, and I said, hey, mom, I really want to uh, power lift. I think I'm going to start powerlifting. And she said, as long as you stop powerlifting junk food to your mouth, that's a mom thing to say. If there was ever a mom thing to say, that's that's a mom thing to say. You know what I mean? That that's hilarious. That's so my mom. But I I really I I I got this DVD called uh, Born Strong. It's uh, on Netflix. But I bought the DVD so I can watch it. And you know these the, these guys these powerlifters like Eddie Hall. Um, etc. Brian Shaw, uh, Sajuna Savikas. I mean, they're they're giants. They're huge. I mean, Brian Shaw, Hapthor Bjornsson. They're both six eight, six nine. Uh, Eddie Hall and Sajunas Big Z. You know, they're six three, which is still a lot bigger than me. And I'm I'm not even six foot tall. And I'm thinking, first off, I am never ever ever gonna you know get to their level, but you know, muscle burns fat, and I hate running. I hate going to the gym. I hate cardio, and I'm just trying to stop doing things that I hate. And so I'm thinking to myself, how can I accomplish something within being healthy? Of course, I'm not eating healthy. I'm, I'm I suck. I fucking suck. My mom's right. I, I've been powerlifting junk food to my mouth. I had wings tonight and a burger and fries and alcohol. That I should just cut that shit out. I don't know why I just can't stop eating. I just don't understand. I don't know if it's stress or anxiety or what, but it's like eating just is so comf- It's just comforting to me. It is something that I just enjoy, and when I'm eating, I'm just in like, you know, when you watch the movie Everest and uh, you get into the story and you uh, really start reading the books written by the people who actually were there in 96, and, um, you know, uh, Beck Weathers, who the Everest, the Everest movie is really kind of, it's not just based on his book. I really feel it's just based on the whole history of, of that disaster and that tragedy. But uh, it's kind of, when he wrote his book, they kind of, you know, used that as kind of like, hey, you know, Left for Dead, now a major motion picture kind of thing. And uh, the movie's called Everest, of course, but his book is called Left for Dead. Long story short, you find out that um, his his whole idea behind climbing was that he suffered from, you know, really major depression and that he found that when he pushed himself into really um, stressful uh, physical activity like climbing a mountain it cured his depression in a way because his mind could no longer focus on being depressed it had it focused more on survival 
more on like you know staying alive as you're climbing up Everest. So for me, you know, so for him in the action of climbing, he is not feeling what he feels when he's home in his normal life. So in a way, eating, while I'm in the process of doing so, I am transported away from the stress of my life and get to enjoy the chemical reactions that I enjoy from intaking food, just like an alcoholic may enjoy or a drug addict may enjoy or something of that nature. But I'm back to watching Everest like every day, though I'm going to try Oh, I watched John Wick too. I think I mentioned that. That was really great. I'm going to probably just switch to Born Strong and just watch that all the time because I find like when I watch the documentaries about Eddie Hall and Brian Shaw and the Big Z and Hapthor, I get like super um, motivated to do it. So I thought if I can just kind of focus on, um, you know, on the Born Strong DVD and I actually thought about I actually thought about moving a couple weights to my bedroom. So even like like my like curl bar, I thought about moving my curl bar to my bedroom because even if like because like right now it is 1030 at night It is a Thursday. I've already had a couple of drinks. I'm exhausted from my long day at work. I uh, am getting a show out to you, and I know for a 100% fact that when I say goodnight, which will be soon, I am not, under any circumstances, going to be changing, going to my basement, and lifting. It's just not going to happen. But if there was a curl bar in my bedroom, there is a much better chance that I would at least do some little bit of physical activity, even if it's just um, curling and maybe some like uh, um, rows from my back, you know, there's a much better chance that would happen if it was right there in my in my bedroom. Like a million times better chance. It's not even a question in my mind. It would happen. Because I could, I don't have to put on shoes. I could just do it in my bare feet. And you know what's interesting? When you watch these documentaries about these power lifters, they don't wear shoes when they power lift. And that is a really interesting thing that I kind of want to learn more about is they just wear like socks. Or I don't know if they're special powerlifting socks or they have like traction on the bottom, but they don't wear shoes. And I think, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm really thinking in, in my opinion, if you wear a shoe, you're adding what, like an inch to your height? One of the reasons why it's, I mean, it's harder for Hapthor, who is 6'9", to deadlift than Eddie Hall, who is 6'3", because he has to lift that weight further off the ground to have it count as a full deadlift. And then there's this, like, really not very big dude who can power lift a lot in the sumo position, which is a little different. He's even shorter, so he even has less space to cover when doing a deadlift. Now, a deadlift is something that I have not done a lot of, but I think if I'm, I'm just, I'm just doing a lot of thinking, like because I, I, I got this powerlifting book off of Amazon, and really, there's like four exercises in it: squat, deadlift, 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of some others, but like four major powerlifting exercises or things, events. It's not like there's like 25 different events in powerlifting. I mean, deadlift is like the big one. I mean, Eddie Hall, who has the world record for deadlifting, says, you know, in his opinion, the deadlift is that is the strongest man in the world. Whoever can deadlift the most. Whoever can pull the most weight off the ground. There's the weight that's on the ground. Take pull it off the ground. Lift it up. You don't gotta lift it over your head. You know, you don't gotta do that. You don't gotta do this. Who can just put their hands on that bar and bring it up. Eh, you know, I kind of agree with that. Because that's just like pure strength. You know what I mean? That's just pure. It's just there, you know? It's interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see. Because if, if I take the curl bar up here, that gives me more room to put my Olympic bar on the floor, which will allow me to kind of learn how to deadlift a little bit. And these knee braces I got, I noticed they all wear them. Every single power lifter. Every single power lifter, they, they wear knee braces, shoulder. I'm sorry, not shoulder. Excuse me, not shoulder. Um, elbow braces, like wraps. And they, they wear like a powerlifting belt, which I still need to figure out, like, do I need that? I mean, I don't really plan on pulling very heavy weight uh, I'm, it's more just to kind of build muscle so I can burn fat because we all know building, you know, muscle burns fat. So, you know, that's really my goal for that. Like, I'm not really looking to, though I would love to compete. I think I might just be too old. Like I'm already 33. I feel like if I wanted to be like a competitive power lifter, I would have had to start a long time ago because I'm like not even remotely strong compared to a legit I mean you guys realize like Eddie Hall can deadlift like a thousand pounds I'm hoping to deadlift a hundred pounds okay I don't know I, mean, I have no concept of how much I may or may not be able to deadlift like does that make sense like he can do a thousand I don't even think I could do half of that I don't think I could do a quarter I don't I don't think I could deadlift 250 let alone a, let alone a thousand so you know, I mean, but you have to start somewhere. Eddie Hall had to start somewhere. When he was a kid, he was a, a record-breaking swimmer. You know, he held all these records in swimming for his age. And then, I guess, I don't remember the exact story, but he got kind of sick of swimming and wanted to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then, you know, he's a big dude, and he just decided to power lift. He had to start somewhere. I mean, if you look, if you look at pictures of him as a kid, and pictures of him now, it's not even like the same person. But you got to think another thing: to be a powerlifter, you okay? Okay, I'm, you know, you want to know the truth because I'm a truth teller. Okay, I don't lie; I'm a truth teller. You know why I've picked powerlifting over bodybuilding? Powerlifters are fat. Powerlifters can't be skinny, or what I mean by skinny is toned like a uh, bodybuilder. And you know, bodybuilders are short. Look, go ahead. Google how tall um, Phil Heath is. Google how tall Kai Green is. Okay? You stand Kai Green next to 
Eddie Hall or Hapthor Bjornsson. It looks like they represent the Lollipop Guild. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. You know, they're not, they're, they're muscular, but they're not giant dudes like these strong men. Brian Shaw is six foot eight, 400 pounds. You know, Eddie Hall is six foot three, 400 pounds. And that's a lot of fat because if you think about it in a strongman competition, you have to move an 18 wheeler. Okay. That doesn't necessarily take muscle. That, that means that you are just throwing your 400-pound body in a way and, put, and pulling that in a way where you can gain momentum and get that truck moving. I mean, they're big dudes. So if you think about it, and they eat like 10,000 calories a day. Now, will I eat 10,000 calories a day? No. If I ate 10,000 calories a day, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. I'd literally be a house. Plus, my surgery doesn't really allow me to do that, which I am worried about. I am concerned about powerlifting and my surgery. I am concerned that I could reverse it or break it or do something. But that's why I'm starting out light and small and kind of building around it. Because I like the fact that, you know, powerlifting, if you're doing it right, you can kind of keep a higher calorie diet and you just use that diet to build the muscle and kind of the bulkiness to lift heavier and heavier and heavier. But we will see. But honestly, people, I have to be completely honest because like I said, I don't lie. I'm falling asleep. I am actively falling asleep. I started this show about an hour later than I wanted to. And I got to tell you something, when Pappy gets tired, Pappy gets tired. Remember, if you want to be happy, buy a car from Pappy. Um, I am Pittsburgh's premier auto sales consultant. So you just give me a call at 412-690-5339, and I will help you buy a car. Hey, thanks, everyone, for watching Facebook Live. We'll see you next time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to The Michael Pinchak Show, and we will see you next week. For all your tailoring needs, head up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. Email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment.